Prepare to be captivated by the business story of the week, hosted by me, Shaheen Shan. Join us on a journey through the twists and turns of entrepreneurial triumphs and setbacks. Immerse yourself in the narrative and witness the magic that turns dreams into reality. This is Business Story of the Week. And welcome back once again. This is Josh. I am your co-host for Business Story of the Week, where we navigate the world of entrepreneurship, business, and innovation, uncovering stories of perseverance, struggles, and success. You guys know how it is. Every episode, we adventure into the lives and journey of those who dare to dream and do. And today, we have quite a guest for you guys, and because a guest that inspires change, I would say, and I, I'm very, very excited about the stories he's about to tell us today. So Joseph Jaff is a six-time author, keynote speaker, adjunct professor at NYU, business and leadership coach at EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System. And as of March 2020, he is the host of Joseph Jaff is Not Famous, the daily show for business. But a bit of, bit of Wayne's world. Your words, Joseph, we need to get into that. He has worked with countless Fortune 500 companies as well as startups. In 2019, he joined West Virginia University's Reed College of Media as an instructor in the Integrated Marketing Communication Online Graduate Program, where he wrote and lectures a course on brand evolution strategy. To date, he has hosted over 600 tastemakers, opinion leaders, and influencers like Patrick Fabian from Better Call Saul, Dan Pink, Carol Baskin, but not as famous, of course, and memorable as our OG host, Shaheen Shayen. Oh, yeah. Finally, and lastly, his new book is part memoir and part motivational book and is the first book in the world where readers get royalties. That, that last bit right there is very interesting. But before we really get into it, Joseph, how are you? How is your day? It's glad to have you. I'm really glad to have you here. Well, my day is fantastic because I'm here now. And, uh, you know, and just uh, even seeing you as as you were take, going through the bio, you have a, a, a smile on your face, which makes me smile. Um, oh. And and so it's a, it's a good connection. And, um, and I like how you introduced me, inspiring change, because you mm -hmm. can provoke change, you can inspire change. Uh, one of the greatest lines I like is change happens when the pain of not changing is greater than the pain of changing, which was, mm -hmm. you know, we recognize that it is painful and we as humans are, are hardwired to resist change. But when we, when we're all on the same page and when we all recognize that there is mm -hmm. going to be a little bit of pain uh, involved, mm -hmm. I think what it does is it just makes it a little bit more palatable and acceptable yes. to kind of encounter the bumps and bruises and say, hey, we made it on the other end. We, we made it to the other side. What a fantastic way to start all of this, Joseph. I watched that speaker, uh, the keynote speaking event that you, where you said that, where change is, you know, change is, we avoid change. We try not to face it. You know, we, it's, it's human nature. And I really resonate with this right now. And I believe not just me, a lot of our audiences right now, because we go through changes and it, it's painful and we want it, we want to avoid it. But if, before we really get into the nitty gritty of it, Joseph, tell us, I'd like to start from the beginning. 
Tell us where it all began. What are all these pains and struggles that you went through? Now, you're, now today you're an author, you're a speaker, you're a professor, you're a business coach. Um, what is the story? How did this journey begin? And what are those you know, changes that you had to go through to get here today? You know, I, I, I love the question because, and specifically the way you asked it, because, um, mm -hmm. and, and here's how I'm going to answer it. First of all, there are a couple of ways I can, I can answer it. One is I generally tell my story now and I say my story exists in two parts, which I call BP and AP, before the pandemic and after the pandemic, oh. um, because I really have become forever changed. Nothing I do today is as it was before nothing. Mm -hmm. I used to be a mm -hmm. consultant. I don't consult anymore. I've keynoted in 51 countries. I don't keynote anymore. You know, mm -hmm. I used to live out of a suitcase. I sleep in my own bed every night, as I wrote in my new book, which is, we got so excited about flat beds on aircraft. And I was like, you know where else you can get a flat bed? Your bed is a flat bed. <laughs> you know? And it doesn't, and you know, and you don't have sick air and you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, and people flatulating around you. But, but so, so that is one aspect of it. But, you know, I did a coaching course um, last year, which actually allowed us to do a lot of, um, you know, uh, it was almost, a, we, we had to kind of meditate a little bit and actually mm -hmm. take ourselves into our past. And um, one of the things we, we did, and it was quite painful for me, is I, had to, I went through every decade of my life zero mm -hmm. to 10, 11 to 20, and, and isolated a moment, uh, a moment of pain, uh, uh, a fork in the road, um, mm -hmm. an, an item where I was tested, where my saboteur kind of took over from my sage, okay. you know, from my father passing away when I was four years old in a tragic motorboat accident to, you know, being laid off to emigrating to the US. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is in every decade of my life, there has been mm -hmm. a moment when I've been pushed, when I've been right. forced into change. So when you ask, where did it begin? It probably began when I was four years old. But in mm -hmm. every decade of my life, there's been a moment when I've been tested. There's been a moment when I've had that, you know, fork in the road, as Yogi mm -hmm. Berra once said, if you come to a fork in the road, take it. Um, mm -hmm. And what I realized throughout the process is that, you know, we go through our lives, going back to your introduction, where we have safety nets, where we are in a comfort zone. Mm -hmm. We have to almost challenge ourselves to be, uncom to be comfortable mm -hmm. in being uncomfortable. Right. But the reality is, is most of the time, change happens when we're pushed, when we're forced, right. when right. death, you know, divorce, midlife crisis, being laid off, a global pandemic. And so if we can get really comfortable at being able to mm -hmm. anticipate, accept, almost embrace it, mm -hmm. it doesn't, it, it's, it's not as painful and actually it becomes cathartic even right. going through it because it is a cleanse. It is mm -hmm. the ability to actually feel truly alive. You know, right. so for me, when you say, where did it begin? It began as early as four, um, but there have been, you know, for me most recently, uh, March of 2020, I became a talk show host. I, you know, I became a coach. I became a teacher. Everything mm -hmm. I do today is nothing like it was before this thing that came about that no uh -huh. one could have anticipated. And by the way, uh -huh. what makes it so incredible, why I wrote uh -huh. a book on it, 
is that it affected every one of us the same way. So I, I, I joke, I say to people, when is the last time before March 2020, before COVID, right? When's the last time something happened to this world where every single person was affected the same way? So I'm going to ask you the question. I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you tell me (laughs) when last, before March 2020, did something happen to the world that affected everyone the same way? The world. Um, The first thing on my mind was the 2008 financial crisis, but that it isn't really quite global, I would say, right? Hmm. Exactly right. So Mm -hmm. so people start and then they say, you know, some people will say, you know, World War Two. And I go, well, it depends which side of the world you are. Um, (laughs) So so I'll tell you the answer. It's a little bit tongue in cheek, um, but it's but and and I write this in the book. It's actually the flood as in Noah's flood. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm kind of joking a little bit, but the reality (laughs) is it's never really happened before. Mm -hmm. And what mm-hmm. that does is it puts everyone on the same page. Right. It puts uh-huh. everyone in, in a way that you and I can relate to one another. Mm-hmm. Where were you mm-hmm. when the world stood still? You know, where were you? And, and, and we can tell, and your story is different to my story, but mm-hmm. yet we can empathize with one another. So mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's a long roundabout squiggly answer, but where did it yeah. all begin? I mean, it began at four and it has just continued throughout my life. Joseph, I really resonate with that story because how you say that it started when you were four, very early on, you were pushed into all these different struggles and pain throughout your decades. For me, it felt like it started at birth when I was 50-50 with my mother. My father had to choose between me and my mother. And, you know, we, we got through that. We went through that. But I also definitely resonate with that kind of change that what affected all of us globally, globally, um, because at that pandemic is when actually I would say was the last nail in the coffin of my mom's recovery from cancer, since we could not get medication for her, her illness got worse. And I felt like if it wasn't for that, Maybe she would be with us. Maybe my life would be different. But now I'm trying to make sense of it all, Joseph. And I feel like you're the perfect person to ask this because I'm resonating with all these struggles that you went through and all this pain that changed you. And you say now that what you do completely now is different from what you've done before. And I'm trying to relate to that in the sense that how did my life change and how do I find success in all these pains that I'm struggling with right now? It's not just me. It's also all the audiences, right? Because right now, part of my pain and the struggle I'm going through is kind of like a divorce. I was kicked out by my fiance four days before Christmas. So it's very fresh. So oh, I'm sorry. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to like, you know, but you're the perfect person to ask. And now I'm feeling like if the audience and all the listeners are also listening, how to make sense of this? What are the things that I can do every day to make sense of this struggle, make sense of this pain, and make sure that I come out differently? Because I feel there's a difference between like just enduring pain and going through it mm. over mindfully improving from all the pain. How does that happen? 
Yeah, so I mean, it's 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 another great question, and I'm you know, by the way, my mom passed away from cancer after seven years, a uh, seven year battle at the, at the uh, early twenty twenty three. So I can relate as well. Um, you know, one of the beautiful things of being in this position, like you are, talking to people, I've had, you know, mm-hmm. with over six hundred guests on my show, is you start to triangulate a point of view that comes from multiple thought leaders and experts. So I just recently had someone on my show who spoke about toxic positivity. And so I almost had to catch myself to basically say, well, everything happens for a reason. That's Mm -hmm. toxic positivity, right? Then because what it does, what it does is what it doesn't do is it doesn't um, account for the pain that you're feeling right Right. now. But I think if you can account for that, and wallow in it and empathize with, with it and then figure out how to move on. You know, how you can create positive from negative, what it means. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. then I triangulate that with Dan Pink who came on my show and he spoke about regrets. And he said, you mm-hmm. should have regrets in life. When someone says, no, mm-hmm. I have no regrets in my life. What do you mean no regrets? You know, of, of course I have regrets. Uh, of course I've made mistakes. The question is, did I learn from them would I do mm-hmm. things the same way again? Hell no, definitely not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, are there signs? It's one of the chapters in the book. Of course, there are signs all around us, but mm-hmm. are we paying attention? Mm-hmm. You know, are mm-hmm. our eyes open? Are our ears open? Are we actually, you know, there's a saying that says there are none as blind as those who will not see. So, oh. you know, I, I'll give you the, the ultimate example is, for a period of I don't know how many years, we all walked around with masks on our on over our mouths. Maybe that was a sign to say we should talk less and listen more. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe God mm-hmm. gave us two ears and one mouth. We've heard that <laughs> saying. So, so what I've learned, what I've learned through this process is, mm-hmm. first of all, when you are overcome with with pain or depression or you know anxiety. Um, you know, label it, acknowledge it, even wallow in it, even just say, I'm, t- I'm scheduling time to be depressed. Oh, I'm, s- right. I'm scheduling time to feel sorry for myself. I'm going to mm-hmm. take this and I'm just going to actually just let it wash all over me. And then I'm going to compartmentalize it and move on because mm-hmm. I have no choice or, mm-hmm. or because life is too short. Life is too short. Let's figure mm-hmm. out another solution. And, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, it, it, it feels sometimes weird. Like I don't want to be woo-woo about it because I'm not that kind mm-hmm. of a person normally. Mm-hmm. But I have definitely learned to become a lot more self-aware and a lot mm-hmm. more mindful through this process. And the other part of it is realizing, and this is an important point to tell people, you're mm-hmm. not alone and you're normal. And sometimes you don't feel normal, but you're normal and you're not alone. And so many people are going through the same pains and struggles mm-hmm. and challenges as, right. as, as you are. And sometimes when you open yourself up just a little bit, mm-hmm. you actually just get over, overwhelmed in a good way with yeah. love and support and shares, um, you know, and people that are going through similar situations as you. So, mm-hmm. so that's how I kind of triangulate it a little bit, which is to realize that things do happen for a reason. We may not be aware of them in this lifetime, but, but mm-hmm. if you believe, if you have the faith, even the blind faith, 
that things happen for a reason for me, it's a lot more comforting. Otherwise, to just live in a world of randomness where just mm-hmm. things happen without any reason, without any cause that are just mm-hmm. like, to me, that that is the scariest scenario of to true. just to just think that there is no bigger purpose. There's no bigger plan. And, and, and mm-hmm. by the way, I'm not even talking about religion. Uh, you mm-hmm. can call it religion. You can call it energy. You can call it yep. whatever you want, mm-hmm. but call it something because that just allows me to to realize that even in my insignificance, I am significant. Joseph, I love that. I love even in my insignificance, I am significant. And I love how you said that um, everything happens for a reason. But at the same time, it kind of invalidates the pain that we're going through because it almost feels like, um, you know, it almost feels like it makes you think that you're not supposed to go through that, right? Like you're not supposed to wallow in that pain. And so it's a comforting reminder to just, it's okay. It's okay to wallow in it. It's okay to stay in it, but it's also okay. It's just as beneficial to compartmentalize, schedule your grief. That is what I feel like I lacked because throughout my, um, uh, when my mom passed, uh, other problems came up in the family and I felt like I couldn't fully grieve. You know, I couldn't like, I couldn't, I never set aside the time to actually like feel it. And I feel like it, it's, it's, you know, it's important, not just for me, for everyone. And <laughs> Joseph, uh, we're going to get more into this, this whole uh, changes, you know, I really want to dig into that, but I want to touch in a little bit about your diverse roles. You have a, uh, leadership and coaching with EOS entrepreneurial operating system. And, you know, you said that you didn't, this is something that things that you did before pandemic changed from what you're doing now. Is this one of those things? And why, how did you get into that with what the message that you're speaking now seems kind of like, how do you tie that in with your leadership coaching at EOS? Well, first of all, the, the red thread or the, the common thread throughout my life has always been change. What I've realized when I look at every single one of my books or my keynotes, whatever, it's always about uh, about change mm-hmm. and and adaptation, evolution, the survival instinct, um, etc. But I've also been um, always focused on the entrepreneurial spirit and right. and growth. And these are common threads. I mentored startups just before. You know, I've been mentoring startups for over 10, uh, 10 plus, 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that when, when the pandemic hit, one of the biggest changes in my life was moving away from, um, and I'd written a book. I'd written a book, ironically, one year prior called Built to Suck, The Inevitable <laughs> Demise of the Corporation and How to Save It. Uh, <laughs> And, and, and so it was based on a statement from a former agency founder, um, you know, uh, Jay Shire, who I used to work for his agency. And he said, let's see how big we get before we suck, before we mm-hmm. go bad. Right. So mm-hmm. Jim Collins wrote Built to Last. I wrote Built to Suck. And, and, it, and it was based on um, a belief that if you look at the mm-hmm. corporate empire, if you look at the, 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 the corporation as we know it, this multinational, mm-hmm. this global Fortune 500 Global 2000 company as a Mm -hmm. dynasty, a civilization, an empire, there is a distinct 
lifespan and life cycle around mm-hmm. empires, dynasties, civilizations, and it's right. 250 years. The oldest company right now is 239 years. It's, a, it's Bank of New York. The corporate empire is coming to an end because of mm-hmm. arrogance and hubris and mm-hmm. complacency and bureaucracy and politics right. and dysfunction. Mm-hmm. The same reason and the same reason why not one dynasty or civilization or empire is alive or around today from the mm-hmm. Ming dynasty, the Ottomans, the Romans, the Byzantines, mm-hmm. you know, all the way through Nazi Germany, even communist Russia, no mm-hmm. one lives forever. So right. in a way, you know, I, I am now focusing my effort and energy on small and medium businesses, on right. entrepreneurs, on mm-hmm. challenges, you know, mm-hmm. bec- and it feels so much more gratifying to not have to deal with the, the fat cats sitting in the boardrooms, you know, representing incremental change, you know, and, and mediocrity and, mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. being good enough. You know, they say customer satisfaction. The word satisfactory is in the word satisfaction. Who wants to be satisfactory in life? Mm-hmm. We want to be mm-hmm. outstanding. We want to be exemplary. We want to... We want to be unprecedented. We, mm-hmm. you know, we can achieve greatness in the world. We can change our lives, mm-hmm. lives. We can change the world. You're not mm-hmm. seeing that, you know, in the largest companies on the Fortune 500, which, by the way, itself has turned over dramatically as well. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, my brother actually reached out to me, and he's in South Africa, which is where I'm from, and oh. uh, he was running on EOS, and he turned around okay. to me and he said, "You would make." the perfect coach, the perfect EOS coach, just because of your love to and your your passion and your your want to help first and mm-hmm. to make a difference and mm-hmm. uh, and to help businesses like mine. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I hate to admit it, but he was right. And uh, and so now I'm working with companies that are as small as 10 and as large as 250 employees you know, helping them get everyone in the company rowing in the same direction, aligned around a common vision of where the business is going and how to get it there. But more importantly, this idea of discipline and accountability. Because that's the one thing that is just missing in business today. It's, you know, in 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 a culture of high trust, everyone is accountable because, because, they're all part of the same team. They're all right. rowing in the same direction. So for mm-hmm. me, it just it, it it's been like um, it's it's been like going to the spa. It's been this amazing release to to actually work with companies and see the difference. You know, as opposed to producing a, I'll I'll give you a quick example. One of the things we do is we develop something. We develop core values. Mm-hmm. We develop core values for a company in two hours, in two hours flat. Wow. Now, I can wow. tell you, I've done this before as a consultant. Companies right. have come to me saying, can you help us develop core values? I mm-hmm. would submit a four to six month proposal, charge mm-hmm. them about $150,000. And I can tell you now that the work that I do in two hours is better than the work that I mm-hmm. did in four to six months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that I was doing it less diligently it's just you know it's just that there's so many steps and layers that we put in place obstacles Mm -hmm. barriers Mm -hmm. just because that's the way business is done but life Mm -hmm. is too short to slow down the process of change and creativity and transformation
it really does feel like the title leadership coach is very apt, very accurate for you, Joseph. And and, and I'm I tough feel- as well. And I'm really <laughs> tough. I kick I kick butts because you know again, like open and honest. You just got to call it like you see it. Especially when it comes to business, I imagine and entrepreneurship. You cannot flower it up. You cannot, you know, you cannot be afraid of hurting emotions because, you know, the fire, that fire needs to be lit, so to speak. And um, I love how you say that it feels more meaningful now than it ever has been. And I always will relate it back to what you're saying that to me, it feels like you are inspiring change. But this time, you know, in the, in the business world, in the entrepreneurial world. You know, you're making a difference in the way, you know, these things are ran. Because um, one of the mo- the blessings that I've been grateful for when it's speaking to some of the guests here is that there's been change being inspired on how businesses are ran, how corporations are ran. It's not just, you know, dehumanizing and devaluing people anymore. Mm. It feels like there is a change coming about when it comes to valuing the effort of people within the corporation within an organization and i love that i love that joseph um i by the uh, way I, I i love what you just said as well and and actually mm-hmm. there is um i'm gonna talk about a concept that i've been developing i spent a lot of time in the in the web three you know blockchain murky right, right. crypto world mm-hmm. over the, the course of these three years um and so I've I've been developing a lot of thinking around what I call community capitalism. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is this mm-hmm. I, I call it the evolution of capitalism, not the dilution, but the evolution, evolution of capitalism. Because as we know, you know, Darwin once said, "It is not the strongest of species that survives, nor the most intelligent, but rather the one that is the most adaptable to change." And mm-hmm. I actually think that we can get to a place where we actually can make as much, if not more from a profitability standpoint, but mm-hmm. we can actually benefit more people in the ecosystem, mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. customers, but employees as well. So, you know, yeah. it's one of, it's one of the reasons why my new book, you know, uh, readers get royalties, 10% of the royalties of the book will be distributed amongst readers. Cause I'm trying to walk my talk. I'm trying to practice what I preach. I just yeah. believe that, that, you know, I mean, it, it is, it is insane to me. When we think mm-hmm. about, um, and when we think about employees, people, our our talent, our lifeblood, mm-hmm. how hard they work, often mm-hmm. at minimum wage or below minimum wage, and the reality mm-hmm. is, is that we hide behind things like that. Like it's like right. a crutch. It's like an excuse. Right. But the reality mm-hmm. is, we can figure out whether we call it, you know, profit sharing. There, they've got to be better solutions. Absolutely. We both customers and employees can enjoy and join in, in the business's success. And so like, I'm really quite, and it's not just me. There are a lot of big, big thinkers in the world and accomplished mm-hmm. professors and executives, you know, and, you know, people from Ray Dalio to John, uh, you know, John Mackey, who, you know, the founder of Whole Foods to Philip Kotler mm-hmm. at Northwestern. There are a tremendous amount of people now that are thinking the same. And that to me is exciting. When we think about the winds of change, right. it's, it's, got to, it's got to apply to everyone as opposed to just some people. I really see that this wave of 
you know, experts and leaders. You say the winds have changed, like they are really like the winds behind these sails, you know, like the winds pushing this world forward. And I love that. It's a bit of serendipity in there for me, Joseph, because the the recent or the previous guest I've had is John Paller from F Denver. And he spoke about the same thing, like creating an ecosystem in Web3 and democratizing employment or democratize, just making everyone involved, you know, having everyone join in and joy and join in is like what you said. I love that. And um, it's really, it's really fascinating to have like, there's a real serious movement and like real thinkers behind this kind of movement. And uh, it makes me uh, optimist, you know, uh, it makes mm. me really, you know, uh, bright, you know, looking at the bright, bright future. Um, Joseph, yeah, and, 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 and by ahead. the way, just a, just a quick point to kind of put a, you know, put a cherry on top is, you know, go, and this takes me back to my marketing roots. It's, it's core differentiation. At the end of the day, why do you choose to give your business to company A versus company B? Why do you choose to fly on airline A versus airline B? When it's just price, the, the only market or the only marketplace that is decided on price alone is the commodity market. So right. if you believe that your service or your product is wheat or steel or sugar, you know, right. or just a commodity, then go for it and, and, mm -hmm. and fight and race to the bottom of the barrel and the lowest price will win. But if you're in a service business or an experience business, you know, what, if you're in a brand business where you want to command a premium, um, you have to earn the premium. Um, right. But there's something else at the end of the day, which is why do I choose to give you my business? It's got to be more than price. It's got to be based on how you treat your people, your customers, the world, you know, so whether it's environment, whether it's customer obsession, as Jeff Bezos calls it, or whether it's just one of the best places to work the transparency that happens. And there are world trends now that are rewarding transparency. Like, for example, you go into a Michelin star restaurant, you mm. can see the kitchen. In fact, you can get a chef's table in the kitchen. Gordon Ramsay in one of his restaurants, you can be in the kitchen. Why? Because it's a transparency. Right. And, and, it, and it's based, people want that. They, they need it. They desperately mm. require that, mm. that, that kind of, you know, um, portal into the soul of business, because when you actually can can connect with the soul and the heart of a business, then it doesn't really matter. You're not right. really nickeling and diming anymore to get the best possible right. deal. It's really kind of like a marriage of principles and values and technology, so to right. speak. It's allowing us to kind of like apply these values, these ethos, but at the same time using technology to our advantage. Um, I want to circle back to your book because this, you know, this is something that we would like to focus on. But I also want to ask you a little bit about your show. What is the vision behind Joseph Jaff is not famous? And, and first of all, we need to talk about that title. But second of all, we need to talk about why is it the daily show of business? As you know, the king is back in his throne. He himself went back to the Daily Show, and I love that guy. I love that show, and it, it got me curious. So I watched a, a few of your episodes, and I'm just, I'm just really curious about what the inspiration happened when it, behind when creating this platform. And you mentioned this, this was your AP after pandemic 
endeavor. Yeah. So uh, tell us about that. Tell the audience why Joseph Chaff is not famous and why is it the Daily Show for business? Well, so, you know, n n now I've got competition with the real Daily Show. Um, <laughs> so so it begins, it begins March of 2020 and it begins mm -hmm. as Corona TV. So the whole right. idea was I wanted to create a daily stream initially started on Facebook, then it went to Zoom, YouTube, and suddenly I had a show. And um, and the idea was I wanted to help people that were stuck at home, literally, right. or stuck in general. And right. so, and also Corona TV, it was like poking the bear, right? So right. can you create can you create joy from misery? You know, like mm -hmm. triumph from tragedy. There was mm -hmm. such a terrible thing happening, but could we find? And so I coined the phrase hope, positivity, and optimism. And if there's time mm -hmm. left over, a little bit of marketing. Okay. Um, the idea of resume, you know, there are resume virtues and eulogy virtues. Okay. So if we could actually like balance the resume with the eulogy, which is, you know, when we die at our right. funeral, they won't talk about EBITDA and multiples and acquisitions right. and how many downloads. Mm -hmm. They'll talk about how we made them feel and how we wow. made a difference and the mm -hmm. lives that we touched. So that mm -hmm. was the initial thinking. And, okay. and by the way, my late mother, she actually referred to hope, positivity, and optimism as HPO. So, so HBO had a, a tagline. It's not TV, it's HBO. So my wow. tagline is it's not TV, it's HPO. But oh, anyway, wow. fast forward, what happens is I'm just getting shadow banned and and, and I just, I'm getting no visibility with my show. And I realize it's because of the word Corona in the mm -hmm. title. Mm -hmm. Plus mm -hmm. there's the beer element. And so like selling mm -hmm. beer to minors and the whole thing. And so I needed to change the name. And, and of course, right. you know, um, Bruce Turkel is one of my previous guests on my show. He actually, right. one day he calls me up and he says, Joe, he says, you realize that you have to change your name. And I said, but do I really have to? And he said, look, it's like calling your show 9-11 TV. And when he said that, I just like, my, uh, I was like, Ugh. you know, like I realized he was right. The people at yeah. some, at one point were wanting to put it, they wanted to put it, they would need to put it in their rear view mirror. So he said, right. well, tell me like what makes the show different? And I said, yeah. well, it's not about me. It's about my guest. It's about my next yeah. guest. I'm, yeah. you know, and I said, in fact, you know, if I ever get a publicist or a manager or an agent, I, mm -hmm. and I will go on every show in the world, every mm -hmm. show. So anyone watching or listening, you want me to come on your show? Done. Mm -hmm. You know, I will right. never say no. And I said, if I find out that, that the talent agency or my manager said no, even to someone starting out with zero listeners or viewers, I'll fire mm -hmm. them on the spot. He turned around to me and he said, the name of your show is Joseph Jaffe is not famous because my next guest is. And, uh, and so in a way, it's become this tongue-in-cheek idea, you know, of becoming an, like an anti-celebrity, right? Yeah. Which is, can you prove that you can become, that you can grow, that you can be accessible to people without it going to your head, without becoming inflated, without becoming egotistical, without becoming arrogant? Um, <coughs> And so that became the essence of, of the show. And, uh, and, and why The Daily Show? Because, you know, I mean, Jon Stewart, what, what, a, what an incredible, incredible um, just creator, creative he is. So mm -hmm. why, I'll tell you why. Because initially, when he was starting out, 
he basically every night would have a bunch of old white guys on the show that no one had ever heard of who wrote books on politics. The left is ruining the country. The right is ruining the country. The the liberals are destroying us. The conservatives are destroying Mm -hmm. us. And no one had ever heard about them. And I said, well, what he did with a bunch of old white guys who wrote books on politics, I want to do with a much more diverse representation of, of humans, you know, of, you know, whether it's, whether it's, race, color, gender, creed, mm-hmm. nationality, diverse of opinion. I did not, and focused on culture and leadership and, you know, and, and stories of survival and, mm-hmm. and accomplishment and entrepreneurial, you know, success, etc. And so that's why the daily show for business and the Wayne's world part is, you know, I'm here in my home office. Maybe the dog's going to bark. <laughs> I don't want hair and makeup and, a studio mm-hmm. this can be done this can be done authentically to prove and show people at home you can do this too all you need is a microphone you know a little a little mixing board with sound effects hey. uh, you know some 30 dollar lights from walmart and the rest is history mm-hmm. i love i love how you broke that down into pieces of um i love that line by the way joseph jaffe is not famous but his next guest is perfect, perfect. Tagline, perfect as well. Um, it's not TV, but it's HBO. It is perfect. Big, uh, thank you so much for sharing that. I will definitely follow that. And I invite all the other listeners and audiences that we have to definitely follow that show as well. Give it a like and a subscribe. Joseph. Amazing. Um, uh, I, it's my, it's my I, I really don't want to, I really don't want to keep you too long, but I do want to circle back to this new book of yours. You've written four, five books. This is your sixth book now. Um, actually, one of the things I was going to ask you, which you already answered, was about your book, Built to Suck, The Inevitable, Inevitable Demise of Corporation. I love that. I love the, the idea behind that. And now with your sixth book that's coming out, it's called Forever Change. Um, what is the... You've already shared this, of course, but what is the philosophy behind this? You explore themes of uh, personal growth, change, and you explore the stories of how we are all affected by the pandemic. Um, Can you delve a bit more into the core messages of this book and how you believe it can help individuals get unstuck? I love that, by the way, when you said that showing them through the show that you can do this, get unstuck just with the mic. And I resonate with that. I'm doing that right now. Get unstuck, reignite their passion and their growth. How do we do that right now today, post-pandemic era? Uh, well, thank you for the question, for the opportunity. By the way, th- this this is the cover of the book. Wow. Um, it, it, it actually, two interesting things about it. What, what, it's me, by mm-hmm. the way. So if you can see, um, you, can, oh. you, can, you can see my, the stripped down version um, uh-huh. It was designed by Ali Sabet, who's an Iranian-born designer, NFT designer, actually. Right. And it's it's not actually an image, it's video. So right. if people go to foreverchange.life, they can actually see okay. the video of the cover. So I was trying to rethink everything. Like, why mm-hmm. should the cover of a book be be static? Why, why does mm-hmm. it have to be an image? Why can't it be a video? But it also mm-hmm. just shows you the chaos. and and right. And it shows you all the different... So it builds and it unbuilds and the lines change and the fonts change and it and it it, it writes and then it unwrites, etc. And that demonstrates life. Um right. 
The message of the book is if you didn't change during the pandemic, then you wasted an opportunity. If you didn't move from being unhappy and miserable and unfulfilled, if you didn't take this, and I say opportunity because it's actually, um, it's a concept called quantum superposition, believe it or not. Like how the hell did I find out about that? I can tell you actually. I heard about it actually at at a commencement speech uh, at my daughter's college. Um, Quantum Uh superposition says two things that are diametrically or completely opposite can both be true at the same time. Right. And that was the pandemic. It was terrible, tragic, awful, you know, just just devastating. And yet it was also incredible in terms of the opportunities it gave people to reconnect with one another, to change, to transform themselves. So the wow. message is if you didn't change during mm-hmm. the pandemic, you wasted an opportunity. Mm-hmm. But then there are a few additional parts, which is, but don't worry, there's still time. The third part is it shouldn't have to take death, divorce, being laid off, midlife crisis, a global pandemic for you to be pushed. Mm -hmm. And then the Mm -hmm. final part says, but what if there was a formula? What if there was a recipe? What if there was a way to begin to change and identify and recognize the change? And so I came up with a three-step formula, which is amor, Veritas Vigor, which stands for love what you do, be true to yourself, and stay the course. So love, truth, and then stamina and energy. So the message is you've got to be happy. The pursuit of happiness, the question of questions is how do we find and how how do we find lasting, fulfilled happiness? And do we believe we deserve it? That being true to yourself is your identity, your purpose, you know, your authentic self, living your own truth, you know, being able to say, this is who I am and I'm comfortable with that Mm -hmm. in my own skin. And then the third part of it is don't give up. You know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's the long game. You can do this. We can do this together. And so Mm -hmm. that becomes the message to become forever changed. And I even ask the questions at the end. I say, you know, as I lay me down to sleep, um, ask, I ask or answer these, these five questions. Number one, did I show up for myself today? Right. Number two, did I show up for others today? Number right. three, if today was the last day of my life, would it have been worthwhile? Number four, if today was the only day of my life, would it have been worthwhile? And the last question is, if today was the best day of my life, would it have been worthwhile? And I say, if wow. the answer is no to any of those five, then, then change it. Don't, just change it. Just take steps to actually change, to see the signs, to prioritize your life. You know, I, I, one of the things I say in the book is the business model of life is broken. We, we're hoarders. We hoard money and status and ego and resumes and titles and awards for right. what? So that when we die, we leave it all to a bunch of squabbling kids or a cat, mm-hmm. you know, or cats, mm-hmm. you know. So, that, so I say that in a perfect world, in a life well-lived and a life right. well-loved, we would die with $1 to our name, $1 because that would have represented the only missed opportunity would have been to have spent 
or invested $1 that you earned. As you earned it, you were able to spend it on, on things and people and connections and experiences, right. meaningful right. moments. So, mm -hmm. so that's what the book is about. The book says, you know, go tell, this is my story. I tell the story of, uh, we didn't even get to it today, of my mother passing away, of open heart surgery, you know, of COVID decimating my business. I call it the trifecta of trauma. I, I, becoming wow. a talk show host. I tell my story, but then I say in the book, now go tell your story. Where right. were you when the world stood still? Go right. write it down. Make sure your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren can read your story because your wow. story is the most incredible mm -hmm. story in the world because mm -hmm. it is your story. Mm -hmm. That's the essence of what the book is about. Joseph, that is beautiful. Everything you just said there was beautiful. First off, I'd like to highlight what you said, like we're inviting everyone, you are inviting everyone to write their stories. What is What happened? Where were you when the world stood still? It's such a story. If you really look back, it is such a, an eventful, momentous time that that story, anybody's story is significant to themselves, to others, to their families. It is a story worth telling. Um, and I think it's therapeutical too, to kind of just put it all down, right? Like just put it all out there. You kind of pour it out, make sense of it somehow. I feel this is what I would take from that is to make sense of what changed me during that time, during that pandemic. I'd also love, I also love that. Um, I want to remember it because I don't want to ever want to forget it. The two things you said, first of all, what is your three-step program? Uh, veritas, vigor. What's the first one? Amor, veritas, it's amor, vigor. which is love. Um, mm -hmm. Veritas, which is truth, and then vigor, which is you can look at it as energy, yes. strength, stamina, Stam endurance. Stay the course. Absolutely. Don't give I up. will keep that in mind. I will keep that in mind. I hope the audience keep that in mind. And of course, you know everything else that you mentioned, like the questions before you lay me to sleep. Uh, I feel like it's such an enriching practice to do every day. And do you do that every night, Joseph? I mean, I mean, you're you're, you're reminding me that I should that I should that I should be asking myself the questions. But I kind of live it. I mean, to be honest right. with you, I am living it. You know, mm -hmm. so um, so the the honest answer is I'm not actually journaling and answering those questions, but maybe I should. But but I really am living it. Like nothing mm -hmm. I do is like it was. And mm -hmm. and I'll tell you, like. You know, it's not without one of the things I even write in the book is I say my manifested goal is for my show to be picked up by CNBC or Bloomberg or right. Cheddar or or a business network. And I will not stop until I drop dead. I wow. write those words, which is I'm not giving up. I'm not ever giving up on this wow. because it is. You know, it's like removing an organ. It's removing a limb from me. It is that much a part of me. And I just think, you know, like we need to find, if we think about our work, our working lives, yes, we have to earn money. Yes, we have to right. put food on the table. Right. But who said that we can't love what we do and, mm -hmm. and actually find meaning in it as well? They're yeah. not mutually exclusive. And I recognize, by the way, that there are a lot of people that don't have that choice, but actually maybe they do. Maybe they can mm -hmm. still find the joy or find ways to find joy, even in something 
that can sometimes seem soulless or joyless as well. Mm-hmm. Don't settle. Mm-hmm. Why, why settle? Why settle? Why believe, um, well, that's great for them, but it will never happen to me. Make it happen for yourself. It can happen for you if you really want it badly enough. Joseph, maybe we can find joy in the teachings that you give us in your new book. And maybe we can teach ourselves and others as well and learn more from your wisdom. Joseph, I really want to ask more and I want to, don't want to keep you around, but thank you so much for your time. I want, I want you. to give you. <laughs> well, it was, you know, fair warning. And I, I, like I said, I love listening. And I, that was all fantastic uh, wisdom that I for sure, you know, not only me that I can relate to and that resonate with, I'm pretty sure I speak also for the audience and the listeners. Joseph, I really want to give you this time. Where can we find Mr. Haffy, J- Jaffe? Uh, where can we uh, connect with you? Where can we keep up with you? And where can we find this new book? I mean, I can't keep up with myself at the best of times, but um, <laughs> um, I'll give you, well, first of all, I'm, I'm Jaffe Juice on pretty much every social. Um, I'll give you a link for each one of the three things we discussed. The okay. book is, you can find the book at foreverchanged.life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you can actually find out how you can buy um, uh, a royalty, what will be a royalty NFT, um, where right. you'll be able to get uh, share in a thousandth of 10% of the royalties. Mm-hmm. Um, for EOS, my, my mini site is eosworldwide.com okay. uh, forward slash joseph-jaffe. And you can find right. out about the coaching there. And then for the show, you know, the show is still my baby. So if people want to subscribe to it, uh, bit.ly forward slash subscribe to the show. So it's mm-hmm. as simple as that. Bit.ly forward slash subscribe to the show. And, right. um, you know, and, and, uh, and send me a message. If people watch this and this resonated with you, you know, I, I want to, you know, I, I want to connect with as many people as I can. That's fantastic. So, Everyone, we're going to have those links up and down there in the description. But for everyone who also wanted to uh, get a grab of that book, connect with uh, Joseph, you have Jaffe Juice. Am I saying that Jaffe right? Jaffe Juice. Get the juice. Jaffe Juice. Jaffe juice. That, yeah. should, that should be the fourth thing, Joseph. That should be like a, you should have like a product, you know, like a soda product, Jaffe Juice. That sounds fantastic. I, Joseph, I, once, I once had, I don't know where... If I, if I can see it somewhere, but I once did a speaking engagement where um, where my host produced little shot glasses um, okay. and it said Jaffe juice. And so the question is, okay. what goes into Jaffe juice? I can tell you, though, it's de- it's, it's kind of like a Bloody Mary. It's definitely um, it's definitely alcoholic and it definitely has a spice or Tabasco in it. So it may as well wow. be. So that's so watch out Jaffe juice. It comes with a kick. All right, let's go. Okay, thank you so much, Joseph. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch out for that book. I'm gonna watch out for that drink. And again, for all our listeners out there, definitely check out uh, Joseph Jaffe. Is not famous, and everything else that he shared with us today. Thank you so much for your wisdom. Thank you so much for your time. And I will say thank you. I look. All right. So here's the thing: we try to get a little bit better every day, but we can't do it without you. So if you like the video, make sure to like and subscribe below. And if you have any comments, just leave them in the space under.